Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, licensed esthetician, acne and rosacea specialist, and certified nutrition coach. Good morning. It's morning for me. It might not be for you. I was up very early at 5 a.m., which is not my norm. I'm usually more in the 6.30, a.m. club, but there's just a lot going on this week, and I knew if I wanted to get an episode out for you, it had to be done early. (laughs) So here we are, but I'm kind of into the morning recording. I feel like this might be my new thing. There, There is definitely a lot going on. I woke up with a mix of excitement, nerves, also that feeling of just like having so much to do and, and just wanting wanting to get going. I do have some news to share that's really exciting for me. I have been teasing this for the longest time, so I have to say thank you for your patience in, in waiting to learn more. I am dropping new product for my personal brand, Free Skin by Tessa, next week. So it'll be here before you know it. And I I have a mix of emotions. I'm I'm so excited to expand the family and to be able to offer you more from the line. I think those of you who enjoy the cleansers and love the feeling of improving your skin health through cleansing and just feeling feeling the healing effects from them. I think you're really going to enjoy the next drops. I took my time with this launch. I didn't want to just, you know, put out a bunch of stuff. I think something that is unique about my line is I really take my time with it. I am a total perfectionist and I would I don't want anyone to have to wait, but I would just rather do it right and be very careful with my decisions and everything that I know has to go into a product to make it perfect. I I just rather take my time and release fewer items than just, you know, put a bunch of stuff out there and and have people be confused or maybe just like some of it, I, I I want you to love all of it. And that was what was so important to me and where I think a lot of the pressure I put on myself comes from. I know how much people love the cleansers. It's definitely a small brand, but a very highly engaged niche community. I have customers who have purchased the cleansers well over 20 times, and that blows my mind <laughs> just humbles me so much. I'm so grateful for those people. I I love a new customer, of course, but those of you who continuously come back to my website, my small business, and invest in me and, and support what I'm doing, that truly blows me away. And I've always said this, but to me, the coolest thing about being on the internet or having a business is just discovering how kind and how supportive strangers can be. Because of course, we just have, you know, our immediate realm and and the people we know, and, and we know the people who love us, support us. But to see that from strangers is really something very cool to see in this world. So I know many of you are just like ride or die for the reset and I wanted I wanted that feeling to extend with each product. So I hope you feel that there's so much love, passion, energy and attention that has gone into this launch. Another reason it it takes time is because everything is truly from the ground up and done with a lot of involvement on my end. I do have an amazing creative team of two other women who help me with the website. They do the professional design. They do the professional photography and creative direction, but I am very much a part of that creative direction in every single decision. And it might feel a little micromanagey, but To me, that is something that is so important if you start a brand 
or a business, you want to make sure you are in control of that vision. And it's very easy for the vision to change or get manipulated, kind of just like a game of telephone as it's getting passed on to more and more people. Something that's just been so important to me is is preserving that original vision and making sure it's true in every decision I make. It's taken a long time because there's just so much that goes into releasing a product from deciding on the correct formula to packaging to taking photographs of the products to creating a website and creating copy for the website. Everything you see from every little tagline or headline on the website or the description or what's written on the on the bottles is all from my brain all written by me i did not hire a a copywriter for any of this so i hope you feel that the messaging is truly personal and coming from me and i just i think that's so important for anyone who wants to start a brand, you can definitely hire people and hire out for your weaknesses. But for me, what's so important is preserving that original vision and messaging and making sure in every decision I make from the font choices to the colors to what I'm saying to my customers, I want to ensure it reflects me and and what I want to say. So, so much has gone into this. I'm really excited to share it with you. I can't wait to share more about the photo shoot, which was just one of the best experiences of my life. I'd, I'd never had a photo shoot and I actually brought my clients into on set Um, as my models. And for me, that was the best decision I could have made. Because for me, it's all about community. It is all about my clients. They're truly like the celebrities of my life. And I wanted them to be the focal point of this launch and, and a big part of my brand because I would not be here without them. I wanted to show real women, real skin, and really just showcase them. It didn't feel authentic to me to just hire somebody to pose with the product. I wanted people who already use free skin, love it, and I feel that energy just came through in the shoot. And it was so cool to see everyone (laughs) together. And one of my clients I actually haven't met in person because... I do offer virtual services. She was one of my first ever clients. And just to meet her and to bring my other two clients, Ashley and Kaylee, together and see everyone just vibe and have good energy. It truly just meant the world. And their photos are (laughs) absolutely stunning. So I just can't wait to share everything with you. And I just want to thank you all truly for cheering me on and supporting me. It, it really means so much. And I'm glad that's really the majority of, of what I feel from my, my audience. And I just, I could not be here without you. So thank you for cheering on another female and allowing me to pursue my dreams. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I've been thinking about this a lot, just even though it can be really hard and there's times that truly test me emotionally, mentally, financially in launching a business and investing so much of even what I make in my consulting business, investing that back into a brand it's it's something that's not easy. There's definitely sacrifices that come with it. But when I think about my career and, you know, working for other people, I've I've had so many jobs. I've worked in so many different industries. I've had a lot of work experience. Nothing for me compares to working for myself. I am so glad I took that leap because I think to be in control of your day-to-day 
is a luxury and I'm just really, really lucky to to be able to do that and I would not be here without you. So thank you so much for all your continued support and I just can't wait to to hear your feedback and for you guys to get your hands on some of the new products please even if you don't have any intention of buying anything just feel free to hop on the website when it is launched play around we have put just a lot of time and energy into making this an even better shopping experience and making it really seamless and interactive and fun to be on I just think the interface looks so beautiful. We wanted to have a good balance of clean white space with engaging, fun, enjoyable content for you guys to click and browse around with. So I hope you just check it out and enjoy. Let's go ahead and hop into today's episode. I was just thinking the other day about all the all the little things that I don't really even realize now because they've just become a part of my lifestyle, but I was thinking about if I were to just share with somebody all of my tips for improving their skin overall, these are some of the things that I think make a difference and that I wanted to share with you. I have a whole list and so many ideas, so I think I'm going to make this a series if if you guys like it and respond well to it. I'd like to do one that's specific to acne next, but today's will just be overall things I generally do for my skin health. So starting with one of the most important, nutrition. Nutrition is something I've always been very interested in and very drawn to. Some of my core memories as a kid are going to farmer's markets and just going to the grocery store with my mom. Like I have very vivid memories of going through aisles and for some reason it's just always been stimulating and interesting to me. And I think because I've I have lived in a way where I didn't prioritize nutrition. I have lived in a way that was just about food tasting good and being convenient and fast. And I really didn't feel very good. Cut to, you know, having having more health issues, which I don't even like to really harp on that much. I don't like to perpetuate that in my reality and, you know, into the universe. But it is, it is part of my reality. I have autoimmune and health problems. So I'd say, you know, kind of in my mid-20s is when I had to start getting a lot more serious about what I was putting into my body. And now it's become very second nature. It's something I enjoy and I just could not imagine living the way I used to, which was just very standard American diet. I felt very sluggish. I was very sick. I had a lot of digestive problems. And now I really consider food the best form of medicine, which is so cheesy, but I really, I really do notice a difference when I'm eating a certain way versus not. And I think it's just something a lot of us feel. And when it comes to skin, nutrition is a piece of the puzzle that is just tough to ignore. It's really important. And it is a core pillar of my virtual skin services and my consulting. I feel it's very rare. I'm trying to trying to think if I've ever had a client make a crazy transformation without addressing nutrition. And I, I really don't think there ever has been because it is just part of the whole picture to me, the whole picture of health and the whole picture of skin health. So in in my next episode, I'll go more into some of the staples that you know I consume for anyone with acne concerns, but I just want to say as kind of a general starting point for anyone who's wanting to get more into food and nutrition. I don't think it has to be super confusing, super expensive, super 
overwhelming. I really believe the best way to stick to any kind of goal, whether it's nutrition, whether it's specific to skin, it has to feel attainable. It has to feel realistic. It has to feel enjoyable. If it doesn't, it really just becomes more of a short-term phase versus a lifestyle. And we want it to be a lifestyle. We want you to stick with it for life. I don't love the concept of diets and, and you know, just doing something for, for a limited amount of time and then burning out and then overcompensating in other ways. I think if you can find ways to make healthy eating enjoyable, it's just such an asset to your life. So if I had to pinpoint sort of an outlook on nutrition that I embrace and that I think can work for everyone, it would be a primarily whole foods diet. And this doesn't mean you have to shop at Whole Foods. I generally shop at Trader Joe's, Safeway, sometimes Sprouts, but generally eating foods that are born of nature, not manufactured and not processed. I think those things can still have their place too. But when you think of the bulk of your diet, that's really where you want the focus to be. So I really put a priority on eating high protein and eating high quality protein. This is generally the focal point for my meals and where I start when I'm hungry and I'm thinking, okay, I want to make a meal. I start with the protein. Then I think a, a really good thing you can do is think about where can I add fruits and veggies? Even if you were getting something quick, if you're getting fast food or you didn't have the most wholesome whole foods meal in front of you, even just thinking as a starting point, where could I add a fruit or a veggie? And I think a lot of people make it a goal to just eat more fruits and veggies and that's a common New Year's resolution or a common fitness goal. I think goals really need to be specific for them to be effective because if you're just thinking, I want to eat more veggies, how likely is it that you're just all, all of a sudden going to start going to the store, getting all these fruits and veggies and just eating eating a ton every single day? Instead, if you think, how can I get one to two servings of fruits and veggies at each meal? That becomes so much more attainable and it takes the mystery out of it. It's a very actionable step. So say I'm making a smoothie with strawberries, berries and banana, something like that. I can add a little bit of frozen rice cauliflower. I could add some spinach, which is really palatable, really easy, really neutral. I could add some kale. If I am having, let's see, I love to make bowls. I talk about that all the time. I think it's a really simple way to make meals is just thinking of a bowl. Maybe your base is romaine or kale or cauliflower rice or broccoli or asparagus or Brussels sprouts. That's a great a great base and a great way to make sure you're getting your, your veggies in at the meal. Maybe adding a little handful of carrots or cucumber. I like to have pre-cut chopped fruits and veggies in my fridge. For me, that's something that really works. Some people maybe don't mind washing and chopping their veggies and maybe you do that at the start of the week. That is amazing. You can definitely save some money buying things more in bulk like that and just doing it yourself. For me, the time and the energy is <laughs> an expensive commodity to me. And because I don't eat out very much, maybe I'll eat out once a week, I make the majority of my meals at home. So if it feels really cumbersome, I'm going to burn out on the preparation and the cleaning up of everything if I'm cooking for three meals. So if I just have some, some stuff that's ready to go, it really helps me out. And that is a tip I would recommend to 
anyone is doing that kind of work when you have the energy, if you're going to do it and, and just making sure it's, it's visible, it's accessible, it's ready to go. And it's, it's fast for you. If you have those options available, you're so much more likely to grab them because when we get hungry, we don't want to be like washing celery and chopping it up. At least I don't. So that's something that makes a big difference for me. And then something else you can think about to include in your diet for improved skin health, stronger, more resilient skin is healthy fats. So some healthy fats I love would be like avocado, olive oil, and I'm a big fan of nuts and seeds. Also wild-caught salmon, great source of healthy fats. So I might even do a little smoked salmon for breakfast with some avocado, or I'll just sprinkle some nuts and seeds that I have in a little jar on smoothie or on a salad, which actually gives it some really nice texture. I love for just any kind of salad or any kind of bowl. I always just make my own dressing and I am so lazy with it. I don't even mix these things together. I just drizzle some olive oil, drizzle some lemon. Sometimes I just leave it there. Sometimes I'll add a little white wine vinegar and that is my dressing packed with healthy fats and you do get some prebiotics if you're using vinegar. So a really, really healthy thing to do and just easy and it's economical. You don't have to spend $8 on a store-bought dressing. So nutrition for me is huge. And again, I think you want to make it enjoyable. So maybe even if you're listening to this, you want to make a step toward healthier eating. It's really difficult to do when you have a lot going on and you're super busy. So I suggest maybe thinking about a time in the week where you have 20 minutes, get a piece of paper out or get your phone out and start making a list of some foods you enjoy. Maybe you want to categorize it by proteins, fats, healthy carbohydrates, and Start start writing down some things you like and then deciding how can those things go together. If I really like black beans and chicken, maybe I can make some burrito bowls or some salads or some wraps. You can get really creative with it. Honestly, I buy a lot of the same stuff, but just mix it up in different ways, even like tweaking a dressing or a topping or adding maybe like salsa to something can give it a whole new variety and flavor profile. So have fun with it and, and yeah, enjoy, enjoy what you're eating. I think there's always a way to make something healthy, taste better and be more enjoyable. Okay. Next on my list is supplementation. And I want to be really careful here because I do think we live in an era where we think more is more when it comes to supplements. I am actually the opposite. I think supplements need to be incredibly strategic and specific to your needs. Otherwise, they can be a a total waste. So something I did do this year was invest in seeing a really great naturopath. And I'll be honest, I've seen some naturopaths I just didn't totally click with. And I felt the goal was just taking a million and one supplements, some of which actually did not agree with my skin. So it was important to find somebody I really liked and resonated with and who could understand my goals and make really specific recommendations. And not only that, really consider how everything works together. I think that's something you want to consider too when it comes to supplementation certain vitamins can actually affect one another and they can even affect your health in adverse ways. They can even affect your hormones. So 
it's something you want to have a strategy with. You don't just want to be taking this and that without knowing how it can potentially affect you. So I'm just always a big fan of hiring a professional for something that is not your expertise and something as important as health. If you do want to invest in supplementation, I think it can be so worthwhile to see a professional and just ensure everything is all good and nothing's affecting a medication, anything like that. One supplement that I see a big difference with for me, and I think it can benefit a lot of people, there are always nuances. If you struggle with IBS or gastrointestinal health, it's definitely something to chat to your doctor about because I am not a doctor. However, I do really believe in a good quality probiotic and I don't have any affiliation with them, but I really do enjoy the seed probiotic. They actually have specific studies and and data on dermatological health. So I've been really impressed with their research and I think A probiotic can go a long way in terms of maintaining a healthy gut barrier function, which we know absolutely translates to the skin. A probiotic can also be helpful in terms of your micronutrient synthesis. So helping to support the synthesis of certain vitamins we are absorbing. I've had actually a lot of questions of people saying, you know, what do I do if I can't absorb a certain vitamin well, I'm taking, you know, for example, B12 supplements to to try to support my body because I'm just not absorbing it through food. A probiotic can actually go a long way in, in terms of helping you synthesize the vitamin. And I'm also a big advocate of digestive enzymes. I think there's something that can't hurt and can actually make a big difference in terms of helping people to digest foods. You want to take it before your meal and it contains natural enzymes to help you break down the food. So probiotics, digestive enzymes, something that I invest in and that I generally think make a difference in my skin. Next up, you already know I am such a big mask girl. And for me, because I already have a pretty active routine, I use glycolic acid, I use benzoyl peroxide, I use retinol. I don't have a ton of room to be exfoliating my skin with masks. So I really more so reach for barrier restorative hydrating masks that don't have exfoliation. This I find is a really great way to bolster an active routine or just add extra nourishment to somebody who's feeling a little bit dry or flaky or even dehydrated. We lose water in our skin overnight and just as we as we get dehydrated generally whether it's from the environment or even from certain things we're consuming. And if you are, you know, using active products, if you're getting resurfacing facials, these are all practices that can remove water from the skin. I am the biggest advocate of getting as much water to your skin as possible. So with masks, I really like to combine both hydrating and water-based masks with some that contain a little bit more nourishment. I always get asked what my favorite one is, and it is hands down the Glymed Plus CBD Hydrotherapy Mask. I have found it nourishes my skin and helps to balance the flora in a really, really powerful way. When I first started using the mask, I did feel more sensation with it. And over time, you really do feel less sensation as the skin is getting stronger. And that outer layer of our skin, our barrier, as it's getting reinforced, and we start to kind of fill in that cuticle where we have little gaps where we're more prone to aggravation from topical or environmental influences. So for me, 
I'm a, I'm a big mask girl. I use them probably two to three times a week. My favorite times to do a hydrating mask are number one in the morning. If I wake up and I feel just dry and tight, I will definitely reach for a mask. And what's great about a hydrating mask is it's not going to interfere with anything you're doing during the day. It's not going to interfere with your routine. It's just going to help to nourish the skin and get it nice and glowy and set up for the day. I also like to use (laughs) a mask like right after a shower and right before dinner. So sometimes I'll shower and I'm weird. If if I know I'm going to be eating maybe a salad or something where <laughs> oil can transfer to the skin, I can be very breakout prone in my lower face. So I'm very careful about any oils that can get left on the skin, especially oils from food, which are a lot more congestive than something you could find in high quality skincare. So I will put on my mask, I'll have my dinner, and then that way after dinner, I can just rinse it all off and then do my nighttime routine. Third, I love to use a hydrating mask in the bath. If you are somebody who likes to take baths, you want to be mindful not to leave the skin damp and bare in the bath because that is a really quick way to lose a lot of water in the skin through transepidermal water loss. So we like to put a little layer of something on in the bath. I have also been loving the wrinkle prescription mask from Glymed Plus, which is also not an exfoliating mask. It smells like rose. It's really cooling and hydrating and lightweight. That one helps to impart more water, whereas the CBD hydrotherapy is a little bit more nourishment. But I like to rotate and and get a mix of both. So I use both and I will link those in the show notes because they are awesome and suitable for all skin types. Next up, I really wanted to highlight some special care for the eyes and the lips. If there was one thing I could do earlier, aside from wearing sunscreen in my youth and my 20s, I would really pay more attention to the most delicate areas of the face, including the eyes and the lips, where the the tissue, the skin is incredibly thin. Because these areas are so thin and for the eyes, because they're hollow, there aren't as many treatment options available for stimulating collagen, for filling in that volume, for perfecting fine lines and wrinkles. You can to some extent, but you're definitely more limited around the eyes and the lips in terms of in-office treatments. So one thing I would definitely start doing is ensuring your topical skincare addresses those areas. They're so vulnerable, again, because it's a thin tissue and because they're areas we move a lot as we make expressions just, you know, throughout the day. If you are squinting to read something or squinting from the sun or you're moving your mouth to eat or drink or talk. That wear and tear over time, in addition to environmental aggressors, especially UV from the sun, it can have a dramatic effect. So some ways I focus on treating these areas are through serums, exfoliation, SPF, and masks. So for serums, I do like to use serums specifically targeted for these areas and apply them kind of religiously like two to four times a day. One thing we don't realize is lip balms are great, but they're really just occlusive. So they're creating a barrier on the skin, but they're not able to introduce ingredients that really penetrate and make an impact. So you want to make sure you're actually using serums, not just creams 
or balms on the eye and lip area. Next is exfoliation, and I want to be careful because we're talking about the eye area. I'm definitely not saying to use your glycolic or your scrub or your peel around the eyes. You want to be very, very cautious. There are some products that you're able to use around this area. I want to highlight a couple favorites that I have right now when it comes to the eyes and the lips. And when it comes to exfoliating around the eyes, you have to be very, very careful. I'm not talking about scrubbing or just, you know, using your glycolic, something like that around the eyes, because again, they can be incredibly sensitive. One product I really do love is the Bio Renewal Serum from Glymed Plus. It's one of their newer releases. To me, what's so cool about it is it's not a traditional exfoliant. It is actually a peptide. Peptides are intelligent cell communicators. So we can use peptides to actually give the skin a specific instruction. And what's cool about it is it's it's not encouraging some artificial process. It's really encouraging the skin to act in a way that it knows. It's not foreign to it. It's just encouraging it to act in a positive way. There are a lot of different types of peptides. Peptides are a science that is constantly evolving and we're constantly finding ways to use them in skincare because they are amino acids that are really the building blocks of healthy skin. And again, they function as cellular communicators. So there are anti-inflammatory peptides, there's collagen stimulators, there are bioactive peptides. With this particular peptide, it is actually influencing cellular renewal. So it's encouraging the skin to turn over to act in a youthful way and it really helps to refine the skin texture and increase hydration immediately you will you will feel a difference immediately you don't need a lot of this product i just take a very small amount on my ring finger and apply it to the under eye and then i will apply a treatment serum or eye cream over top when it comes to exfoliating the lips, I think this is where you can you can save a little bit of money. There are definitely lip scrubs available, and I do think it's appropriate to scrub the lips. I think they can tolerate it, and I think you can even do so daily or every other day as long as it feels good to you. You, you don't want to overdo it, but as long as you're not feeling too much sensitivity, it is an area we can get a lot of buildup of of dead skin cells. So I do think it's appropriate to exfoliate. There are lip scrubs. What I actually love doing, which Jan Marini actually taught me, was taking a washcloth and just getting it damp and scrubbing the lip area pretty vigorously. Not the skin around the lips, but just the lips itself. If you can stay in that area and gently scrub with the damp washcloth, makes a big difference in terms of revealing plump, new, baby, <laughs> soft lips and getting rid of any dead, dry layers on the top. Something I am a big advocate for is SPF around the eyes and on the lips themselves. These are areas that can be forgotten. I think around the eyes, people can have sensitivities and maybe they don't apply their sunscreen directly to the eyelid or to the under eye because it makes their eyes feel sensitized. For the lips, I think because we're constantly eating and drinking, maybe we don't think to apply SPF the way we would to our face, but it is super, super important. And the lip area is definitely one where it's difficult to treat. You can get lip filler, but we're even limited in that sense in terms of really filling in fine lines. It can be harder to do with filler and there are not many peels or lasers that you can use on the lips themselves, again, because they're so delicate. So really the best plan of action is preserving the integrity of that collagen and making sure 
the lips are protected with SPF. For the eyes, I love my total eye from Color Science. And for the lips, I love Color Science's Lip Shine, which is just an SPF lip gloss. They have a range of colors. I think I have two of each. It's just one of my favorite products ever. I think it looks so great on the lips. It, it looks like a normal lip gloss or makeup. It has a nice plumping effect, and you're getting a broad spectrum SPF 35 with both Total Eye and the Lip Shine. So I'll also have those links. Next, we do want to consider occlusives. They definitely have their place. Again, they're not the main way I want to treat these delicate areas, but they can definitely definitely be important in terms of preventing water loss and just protecting that area with a barrier. So some of my favorite products, especially for the lips, would be the PCA lip mask, I think is amazing. And to me, it's like what the Laneige lip mask wishes it was. I love that one. And Cell Balm by Glymed is just my ride or die. It is adult aquaphor. It is a occlusive that does have some advanced ingredients like yeast beta-glucan to help rebuild and repair the lips. So that I keep by my bedside table and I try to make sure I never fall asleep without applying a lip serum, and then my occlusive over top. When it comes to eye and lip serums, I might have something up my sleeve that I think is the best on the market, so stay tuned on that. But yeah, my messaging here is really just to ensure you're not ignoring these areas. You are protecting them, you are treating them, and then you're using something to seal in moisture, especially before you go to bed at night. Next on my list is, of course, SPF. It would not be a skin health list without mentioning SPF. SPF is BFF, and it is your number one tool for preventing signs of damage to the skin, whether we're talking about aging, whether we're talking about exacerbating hyperpigmentation or scarring from any acne trauma whether we're talking about deep discoloration, pigment, loss of elasticity, loss of collagen, the fastest way to speed up these processes and see more damage in your skin is to not use SPF. So I am really, really on top of my SPF. That's one thing I will pat myself on the back for. I wish I started using it religiously earlier, but all I can do is, is really make up for that time and for the exposure I have gotten by being really good with my sunscreen. So I wanted to share sort of my SPF routine. I apply my SPF every morning after I've done my skincare. I like to do my skincare. My moisturizer is my last step before sunscreen, and I like to put that on and give it maybe like five minutes before I apply my SPF. I might do a little cold rolling after I do my moisturizer. And then when my skin is feeling nice and calm and all my products are absorbed, I will apply my SPF. My favorite sunscreens are, for my skin personally, I have more normal to dry skin. So I love the Photo Age SPF from Glymed with the blue label. I'll also link it in the show notes. And then I also love having a tinted sunscreen. I think for me, both are necessary. I know some people just choose one, but I like to have the option of something that's untinted and then something that is tinted that's really more of my day-to-day -day makeup. So for me, I love the Jan Marini tinted SPF. It is an all mineral SPF. It is safe for use around the eyes. I've never had any sensitivity to it and I am somebody who actually has ocular rosacea, which is really common in those who have pre-existing rosacea. About 47% of people with rosacea also get the fun little bonus of ocular rosacea, rosacea of the eyes, which means they can be really sensitive, especially to sunscreens. So I totally get that, but you still want to apply SPF to the area. 
there is no fragrance in in the mineral tinted SPF from Jan Marini. And something special that she adds to it is an oil capture system that is not capable of absorbing any water in the skin. It only absorbs excess oil, which is so, so cool because nobody wants to feel like their skin is getting dried out. And sometimes we can feel that from a really mattifying product. This works for me, even though I am a little bit more dry. I don't feel, I don't feel dry wearing this product. It just helps to absorb if I do produce any oil in my T-zone, it helps to absorb that shine throughout the day. And we want to remember oil is fuel to the acne flame. So if you are acne prone, it's a really incredible sunscreen to use daily. My acne clients love it because it just gives the skin a slight filter, a slight glow. It's very universal. It does work for all skin tones and blends out beautifully. And it does have that added benefit of an oil capture system. So it's going to help to absorb oil throughout the day. I will generally apply my clear sunscreen if I'm working out or if I don't have much going on that day. Maybe I'm going for a walk. But if I have consultations or I just want to feel more presentable, I'll go for the tinted SPF. I do my face routine and then... I've been making an effort recently to really not neglect the neck, the chest, and my arms. I think a lot of us accumulate a good amount of sun exposure on our arms. We just don't think about it and you know, it's just an area day to day how many of us are actually applying SPF to our our arms. Um, For me, I just, I notice a lot of solar lentigo, a lot of age spots and sunspots. So I'm really starting to make more of an effort to protect that area. So what I do is I will actually apply sunscreen from I'll do my entire face and then I might use the same one or I've really been loving the Glymed Plus oil-free SPF. It's really lightweight, sheer, and blends out really nicely just like a moisturizer. So I have been using that from the neck to the chest and then on my arms and I use it just like a moisturizer. I do recommend applying your SPF before you get dressed because you will probably be wearing something with a neckline that does move or sleeves that move. And you want to make sure the entire body that you're treating is protected. And when your, your neckline moves or your shirt moves, you're not exposed to sun. And this is especially, especially important for preventing sunburns as we move into the warmer months. Remember, the UVA, the aging rays, is really consistent throughout the year. The potential to get burned is higher when it is hotter, of course, and we want to really prevent the amount of sunburns we are getting in our lives. So treating that area has definitely been something I'm personally more excited about. Something important I do is I reapply my SPF and it sounds so basic, but you would be surprised how few people actually reapply their SPF. I think many of us have gotten so good at doing it in the morning, but you want to remember it really tends to expire after two to three hours. So you want to be reapplying regardless of you're going outside or you're staying home, especially if you work near a window. It's so important to reapply your SPF. If you like to go on walks later in the day, you need to reapply. Lastly, I'm able to get some SPF on my skin through my makeup. I don't depend on my makeup for my sun protection, but it is an added bonus. So all of the makeup I use is acne safe and it has the added benefit of having SPF in it. So I'll generally use my tinted moisturizer or tinted SPF and then I will use Color Science or Jane Iredale blushes, bronzers, concealer, those kinds of things for my makeup. 
I'm thinking about SPF and what I would recommend to really anyone is investing in four sunscreens. And you don't have to have all four. I know financially that might sound like a lot and it might feel excessive. If you don't have any, just start with one. But I really do believe SPF is the best investment you can make for your skin. And not only that, it's an investment for your health. Sunscreen is preventative and skin cancer is a very, very real thing. You want to remember you can still absorb vitamin D when you are wearing sunscreen. No sunscreen is going to block the sun completely. There's so much room for error. So you want to ensure you're wearing it daily. I recommend having a untinted SPF something that you love the consistency of and that you don't mind wearing. Next, I recommend having a tinted SPF. This can replace your foundation. It can be something you throw on when you just want a slight filter on the skin. Third, you want something for body and your face and your body sunscreen can totally be the same thing. But sometimes I find having something that is maybe like a mist is a little bit easier than rubbing sunscreen on your whole body, but totally user preference. Just use whatever is is easiest for you. Fourth, you want something for reapplication. So this could be the stick, it could be mist, it could be a powder. The brush powders are really popular and easy to throw in your bag. It doesn't matter what it is as long as you like using it and you can see yourself using it. I think if it's small, it's a bonus because you can throw it in a bag and it's just something you can easily have on you. Next on my list is double cleansing. Probably no surprise because I have a brand based on double cleansing. My goal was really to streamline, simplify, and make the double cleansing process synergistic because I saw, you know, everyone double cleansing, really mixing and matching and and trying to find a way to make a little system. I thought, why don't I just make a system that works optimally together and really take the guesswork out of it and make something that's not going to clog the skin in the first step of your skincare routine because that just didn't make sense to me. The goal is to get the skin clean and do so in a way where the skin actually feels improved and healthier after your cleanse. It should not feel clogged. You should not feel any kind of residue on the skin and it should certainly not feel irritated or stripped. The goal of the first cleanse is to remove the superficial impurities on our skin. That can be sunscreen, makeup, dirt and debris, just our natural oils, even pollution. And for me, knowing all that stuff is on my skin, I want to do a first cleanse and, and remove it, but I don't want that to be it. I feel better having a second cleanse, which is really insurance for your first cleanse. And the second cleanse really ensures no trace is left behind and that you have a clean blank canvas for all of your treatment products that follow. I feel if you are really taking your skincare routine seriously and investing in your products, you want to make sure they're being applied to clean skin so that there's less chance of any clogging and that the ingredients can really penetrate and work to the best of their ability. I am such a big believer in thorough cleansing overall. That is one thing day one with my clients I want to address because although acne is not not in any sense, you know, just a hygiene issue, when it comes to cleansing, there really is a benefit to doing it correctly and massaging the skin in a way that helps to loosen any follicular congestion. So you want to make sure you're taking your time. I recommend about 15 seconds per area of the face. And if you're doing it right, that can feel like a little bit of time. I mean, it's really not all that much time, but It's not supposed to be a rushed 
process. I think a lot of people when they're washing their face, they apply the product, they just kind of move it around a little bit, and they're not spending enough time per area. And you want to think about what are the areas you notice congestion, buildup, maybe blackheads, whiteheads. You want to spend extra time on those areas massaging in circular motions. You should spend about a full minute per cleanse. So it's two minutes if you're double cleansing, a full minute for the first and a full minute for the second cleanse. And it is truly, truly a difference maker in seeing your skin's best potential and seeing your products work to the best of their ability and getting your money's worth. The last tip I want to share is just being connected with my skin and feeling very in tune with it. I know this is something that can take time, but I feel like the best advice I can give is to just really listen to your skin's cues And as you start to work with treatment products, as you get to know your skin and you kind of experiment with some things, I will say I've tried so many things that I've kind of gone through that experimentation phase. I'm not in it anymore. I feel like I really know my skin well and I know what works. So I'm more so just you know, in the phase of being consistent and being in the maintenance phase. But I think all of us go through a little experimental phase and we learn what really works for our skin and maybe what our skin really doesn't like. I want to encourage everybody to really just tune into the data that your body and your skin is giving you. Don't ignore those things. They are huge, huge clues. There's a lot of marketing and a lot of information out there. It can be very confusing and it can almost distract you from from the cues that are really so obvious that your skin is sending you. So pay attention to your skin. See how it responds to treatments. Kind of take a little mental note when you're using things or, you know, maybe when you've done something a little bit different, thinking about how is that, how is that working for me? Is it serving me? Is it something that could work well for me continuously? So for me, I just wanted to give a little example. For me, my skin has nuance and I think most people do. There are definitely rare people who are just dry all over or oily all over, super strong skin all over or just sensitive all around. But I think most of us have nuance where certain areas of the face act one way and others don't. So this this is something that I feel like we don't talk about enough, but We're not always just treating the whole face one way. For me, being a little bit more normal to combo, my T-zone, so my nose and my forehead, are very much prone to acne, to a little bit more oil, and to congestion, especially maturation arrest, comedonal acne on my forehead, Luckily, I have been keeping it at bay for the past year, but it's something I have to stay on top of. There's really no innocent blackhead. Once one pops up, it may become future acne. So with my T-zone, I'm able to treat it more aggressively than the rest of the face. And this doesn't mean I'm like, you know, going ham and peeling it off all the time, but I'm actually able to use a little bit of a physical scrub around my nose. And I might be able to do that the same day I am using a retinoid or a glycolic product. It wouldn't work for everyone, but I've come to find in listening to my skin, in learning it, in seeing how it acts and kind of anticipating the type of congestion I get and when I get it, kind of after a day or two if I'm not exfoliating, because that that area is prone to more oil and producing excess skin cells at a faster rate 
than other areas of my face. So I do treat that area specifically, whereas my lower face, I'd say like from my nose, the bottom of my nose and below, it is hypersensitive. I would really classify that area as sensitive skin. It can't handle a lot of exfoliation. If I overdo it, I'm going to know about it. My skin is going to be stinging. It's going to be red. I might have a perioral dermatitis flare-up. So I have to treat the lower face with some TLC, with extra barrier repair, extra moisturizer, maybe some Glymed cell balm before bed. I have just really noticed my skin's patterns and tuning into that is something that will really go a long way for you. And because the skin can change day to day, just being aware of it, being aware of its cues and the messages it's sending you is some of the most invaluable information you can have. I have so much more on this list, but I know this episode is getting long, so I think I'm just going to break it up into a part two and continue with this series. Next week, I do have a guest interview with Jan Marini. I know you guys always love her episodes and her information. It's a really, really good one, so... I am likely going to be sharing that, and then I think I'm going to continue with this series. Please let me know if if you like the focus on general skin health or you would like an episode specific to acne. I have a feeling that's maybe what people want to hear most. I could also talk about tips for rosacea or just general age management. So please let me know what you want to hear. You can always comment on my latest Instagram post at my Tessa or send me a direct message. I look forward to hearing you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you like it. It really helps to support this show. It means so much to me. And get excited for all the new things to come. I'll be sharing more over on Instagram. I love you so much and I will talk to you next week.